a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on a Monday. Hope you're off to a great week. And we are going to continue to roll right on through today uh, because I am very excited to be joined now by one of the great people I met during my time as chief of staff in Washington, D.C. You, you, you run through a lot of people in Washington, but every once in a while you meet someone where you say, wow, there's there's a there's a great soul right there. And uh, so very pleased to have uh, Mark Sanford, former governor, former representative from the great state of South Carolina. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks so much for letting me do so. Treat to be with you. All right. Well, we're going to we're going to get to some of the things that you're mulling during the uh, most of us are just thinking about ice cream since it was uh, National Ice Cream Day yesterday as we go through the summer. But I know you're thinking about some real serious things. Uh, but before I get to that, I want to talk about a, a piece you wrote, an op-ed you wrote today that I think is so spot on uh, that relates to the national debt and that conversation. Tell me where you're coming from as it relates to the almost twenty two trillion dollars uh, we've racked up as a nation. It's tied to what we all care about, which is opportunities going forward, um, whether that's in retirement, whether that's getting our kids uh, into college and help them pay for that exercise, whether it is with all the different hopes and dreams that go with life. And we have a financial hurricane coming our way based on the buildup of debt and accumulating deficits and government spending. And it's almost as if it's the three monkeys routine of I hear no evil, I speak no evil, I say no evil. Nobody's talking about it. I watched two Democratic presidential debates, and there was not one sentence allocated to debt and deficit and spending, uh, either from a moderator standpoint or from a candidate standpoint. And concurrently, the president has ruled off talking about or dealing with a lot of the things that are driving our federal debt and spending. And so... It just has hit me, and a number of friends have brought it up, is, hey, you need to be talking about this. We all need to be talking about this as Americans, because if we wait for the financial markets to bring us back to financial reality, if we don't take action politically, that process has historically been brutal for all of mm. us and our respective hopes and dreams. Oh, that's. Uh, I'm so glad you raised it that way. Uh, again, if you're just joining us, we have Mark Sanford, former uh, governor and representative from South Carolina, talking about the national debt. Many of our military experts have said that our debt is is the greatest security threat that we have to our, our way of life in the country. Uh, how do you see that? I totally agree, 
but it should tell all of us. It should get not just the yellow light blinking, but the red light blinking. <laughs> when, you know, Admiral Mike Mullen, who is the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, when asked, what's the biggest threat to the American civilization? He answers, not the Russians, not the Chinese, not the Taliban, but his simple answer was the American debt. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks have studied this from all different political persuasions. And the people who've been really sort of thoughtful on it and looking at history, I mean, something has gone wrong with history. In fact, if you got insomnia, I've got just a book for you, an interesting book written by a professor from Harvard and a professor from the University of Maryland entitled This Time It's Different. And what they did was they looked at the last 800 years of financial history as it relates to governments. And what they found was that in every instance, civilizations got to a tipping point wherein they had to decide, do we go back to what made us competitive and perhaps a world power in the first place? Or do we stay on this happy but ultimately unsustainable cycle of upward government spending and consumption? And nine times out of ten, what policymakers did was they said, well, this time it's different. Of course, it never was because gravity always works, and it was the seeds of that civilization's undoing. So you're exactly right in pointing out that indeed military leaders have said this is the big threat and we ought to be dealing with it. Yeah, that, that's sort of the line that my kids would always use, you know. <laughs> this time it's different. Even though I'm going to put off doing my homework, even though <laughs> it's, it'll be different this time, I promise. <laughs> uh, well, Mark, I, I know you have been doing some serious uh, thinking. Uh, you were, you've were you been on a few of the news programs over the last week or two, uh, saying that you are at least thinking about thinking about uh doing a, a presidential run, taking on uh, President Trump in the Republican Party. Uh, tell us where you are in your in your thinking, and uh, what's what's weighing into that decision? Well, a whole lot of prayer, a whole lot of, you know, soul-searching. Um, but I think, we, we you know, I, I do believe in the parable of talents, and we'll all be judged in life based on what we do with what we have. And I have a real, fairly considerable experience over 25 years in politics and in time in Congress, time in the governorship. And I, and a, most of all, a, a real conviction about the way in which we're spinning our way into real, real troubled waters. I mean, think about this for one instance, just as, uh, as an aside. We, you know, the fastest growing area of our federal government is interest. That's the fastest growing area of, of, of the federal government. And what's interesting about it is supposed to triple over more than triple in the next 10 years, and that's if rates stay low. It'll be more than that if rates go up. Right to more than a trillion dollars a year of, of, of interest payments. But what's really interesting, and the part that people aren't talking about, it goes back to your last comment on military, in just three years, we will spend more on interest than we do on national defense. Wow. Now, you tell me how any civilization perpetuates itself if you're spending more on interest than you are on national defense. And within five years, we'll spend more on interest than we do what's called domestic discretionary. And in English, domestic discretionary is that portion of the, the budget, the federal budget, that Congress debates every year. All those senators, all those congressmen come together, they have all these squabbles back and forth. Well, bigger than the sum of all those squabbles, it would be our interest payments. We just have some really challenging numbers coming our way. And a number of friends began bringing it up uh, after I lost my primary last June. And they kept saying, you know, God cleared your calendar for a reason. You need to be you need to be talking about this. And for all the obvious reasons, I said thanks, but no thanks. That's the consistently over the last year. And then just last week, I said fine. I, I will give it a thirty day look, and we'll see what comes of it. 
based on energy and comment that comes my way or doesn't. And so I'm in that soul-searching process right now. Okay. So, uh, again, you you just heard Mark Sanford say that he's uh, he's taken a 30-day window, taking a serious look at uh, a run for the White House on the GOP side. Uh, so I, I want to ask you the the question that was always my question when I was chief of staff that I would ask someone who was thinking about running for an office. Uh, and, and Mark, you know better than, than anyone uh, the rough and tumble of, of politics and how brutal and awful and painful and miserable campaigns can be. And so my, my question was always this, uh, what is going to make going through all of that pain and suffering and misery, what is going to make that worth it? Even if you run and lose, what's going to what's going to well, make it all worth about it? expectations? I, I think that you would lose. I don't. I, I don't think in the present political paradigm there's any beating of Donald Trump. The question is, by running, could you elevate and raise the level of debate that we're not having on debt deficit? Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, there's no conversation. We just got through presidential d- debates on the Democratic side, no conversation, and there and it's a question of more versus more. And on the Republican side, we're, we're not we're not debating it, and and so you see record-setting levels of deficit. You see spending above even Obama's level of expenditure, and not a lot of conversation by Republicans on it. You see this debt deal that's in the process of being locked in right now that'll lock in more than an additional three hundred billion dollars a year spending, and no conversation. I think we got to talk about it because it goes back to my experience as governor. You know, oftentimes the most beautiful of days on the coast of South Carolina on the beaches were just a couple of days before a hurricane would hit. And we would be issuing evacuation orders, would be dealing with local law enforcement saying, you got to leave, you got to head inland. And people would be out there and they'd be saying, no, but it's beautiful. I said, well, it ain't going to be. <laughs> It'll be different this time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. And, and so it's the same thing. I, 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 I can look at, I mean, I spent a lot of time after I left office in January looking at numbers. This storm is coming at us much sooner than we think. This is not our grandkids' problem. This is not our kids' problem. This is going to be our problem. I don't think we can wait until the next presidential election cycle to have this debate. You know, historically, presidential election cycles and the the year that, you know, sort of they, they come about, have been the year in which we've debated as Americans what are our priorities, where do we want to go, what do we want to do next. I think we've got to have that debate on debt and spending this year, not four years from now. Fantastic. Mark Sanford, former governor, former representative from the great state of South Carolina. Mark, thanks so much for sharing your insight. We will watch with great interest and hope you'll come back and continue this discussion with us moving forward. I look forward to it. I really appreciate the time. Hey, thanks so much. Mark Sanford, again, former governor, former representative of the great state of South Carolina. Great thinker, uh, just a, a great, great guy. All right, we'll go ahead and step aside. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation, break down some of the happenings of the day, a little bit of polling coming out today as well. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Don't go anywhere. We're right here on KSL News Radio.